The following takes place between 8 a.m. and 9 a.m. everybody and welcome it is wednesday it is december the 18th we are just a week away from christmas holiday and i would i am happy to welcome in and share the mic once again with my co-host mr mike debate he is uh, accepting his uh, reward or a <laughs> an award for mr being mr rhode island welcome to the show mike how are we doing today La, la, la. Well, thank you very much for the award. I'm flattered. I didn't even have a speech prepared. Oh, I don't know. There were so many people that I want to thank. Uh, all right, now I, I can't as he pulls do that. out the even piece of paper. I, even, exactly as he pulls out the, the gigantic I'm not even prepared. list of, of thanking my third grade gym class teacher. And no, I really, I, I, I can't even do that. On oh my god, yes. We won't even get into starting about what I feel, how I feel about award shows and moments like that. But you know what? That that may that may be good for this Monday coming up on the Festivus episode. Uh, that that uh, may be good. Airing of grievances. Mm-hmm. There, there's actually a lot of good things that we are uh, <laughs> going to be uh, talking about on Monday. And actually. The, the idea of an award show is actually kind of relevant to what we're talking about today because the NFL released their Pro Bowl selection yesterday. And uh, if anything is like a re- uh, an award show, I, man, I'm only one coffee in, guys, so <laughs> I apologize for saying reward and not award. So you're going to have to give me about 10 minutes to, to, to kick in here. But um, if anything's like an award show, uh, it's the NFL Pro Bowl because we kind of know how much of a uh, kind of a joke it is. But uh, we'll, we'll get into that. There's I mean, look, we got we got a lot of action. No Thursday night game, obviously, this week. we got three Saturday games and a full slate on Sunday and then a big Monday night game between the Vikings and the Packers. So uh, we're going to talk about some of the Pro Bowl rosters. We're going to talk about some of the news, NFL news and notes. Uh, we're going to give you our power rankings if we have time. We might save it for tomorrow just because uh, there is no Thursday night game tomorrow. So uh, obviously that shifts what we normally do on a Thursday. Um, however, there is a lot of a lot to talk about because there's a lot of playoff implications on the line and um you know what let's uh i i you know we we, we could start with the pro bowl because again i mean look the pro bowl is 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 i mean i haven't I, i'll be honest i have not watched a single second of the pro bowl in uh i don't know years <laughs> i really i just i just it, 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 i have no interest to watch that game e- even even in in between uh the the championship weekend and the super bowl i just have zero interest to sit down and watch that football game at all <laughs> Well, the relevance to the Pro Bowl, especially when you cover the Patriots or you're a fan of the Patriots, is generally few and far between. Uh, Almost at no time do you see the Patriots actually doing you know any type of action in the pro bowl they're usually either in the super bowl or a lot of the guys if they're not in the super bowl a lot of the guys will decline the invite take the opportunity to spend time with family and and do what they do so you know there isn't a whole lot of uh, of attention being paid and i think nationally the pro bowl has kind of become a footnote it's not really considered a football game it's a showcase it's more or less an event rather than a football game and you know it's still it's 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 a great honor to those that are selected as all-stars which is the equivalent 
good one. I mean, it's it's the football all-star game, let's face it. Mm-hmm. And it is an honor to be selected. It's an honor to represent your team, uh, be able to go up against the best of the best and, and showcase your talent and be a part of that. It's always something that's going to be on your resume and something that'll stay with you. Uh, but as far as the game, the in-game goes and a lot of the implications, yeah, I think the Pro Bowl is just, it's basically an also-ran. It's it's not even, I wouldn't even consider it an appetizer uh, okay. to, uh, to the Super Bowl or anything else of that point. It's uh, garnish. I mean, it's just, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's you can't yeah, eat it. Exactly. It, 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 it's, it, it's not it's satisfying. Garnish. It's just like, yeah. Right. Absolutely. So yeah, that's, that's pretty much it. So, uh, yeah, that's, that's my thoughts on the Pro Bowl. Well, look, I mean, honestly, I'm not a big fan of any of these like all-star games. I don't think, you know, because again, a lot of these players and, and I don't blame them. They go into it thinking like, what's the point? Why, why should we go and put our, our, you know, lives on the line, unless you're Sean Taylor hitting a pro bowler on the sideline, what my, my, or a punter on the sideline. That's my favorite pro bowl moment, um, of all time. Um, just, <laughs> you know what I'm talking about, Sean Taylor. Oh like, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so for any, uh, for any of you out there that may not know what I'm talking about, go look up, uh, uh, the late great Sean Taylor highlights and, and just type in pro bowl and, and it'll, it'll be probably the very first thing and, and it'll show up quite a bit because it's just, it's a great hit. And, and unfortunately you don't, you don't get that in the pro bowl and, and I get it, you know, why would you? And, and the fact that you play it before the super bowl, again, any team that competes in the super bowl, the two most relevant teams at the time, neither of them are going to participate in that. So it's kind of silly from that sense. Um, and, and this is, again, this isn't just football. I, I think it's the same way with other sports. I think the all-star game in baseball is, is, it's just, I mean, it's, it's at least baseball. There's, you don't have to, uh, uh, half ass it. You know what I mean? Like you can still kind of go out there and play hard because it's baseball and it's a little bit different, but even then it's, it's really like just a, you know, a, a red carpet affair for a bunch of the big heads that really don't want to play an extra game or, or are disappointed that they're not getting this extra weekend off. Um, hockey, the same thing. I mean, I hate games that are 12 to 11. There's no defense. It's just, it's boring. It's like, I never understood people who played uh, Madden or any of those games on like rookie and would just steamroll everyone because that, that becomes incredibly boring to me very quickly. Um, and in basketball, it, it, like here's the thing, and, and we're gonna get off on a little little tangent here because we are talking about all star games and Pro Bowls and all that stuff, and we'll yeah. we'll, we'll get back to the Pro Bowl here specifically because because there are a few, um, you know, if we were taking this whole thing seriously, there's a few uh, quote unquote snubs I'd like to uh, bring up, um, but uh, I like I'd much rather say like for instance in hockey I'd rather have over All Star Weekend some sort of like three on three tournament. Um, I really haven't put much thought into how you would uh, put it together, but uh, I'd rather see something like that. If we're going to go through the, 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 the pomp and circumstance, like like you brought up yesterday, um, if we're going to go through that whole dog and pony show of, of going out and have this huge weekend to celebrate the All-Stars, put them in a three-on-three tournament, have a few teams, you know, get get folks excited over the course of a couple days where you where you, you play a few games, and, and, and that's All-Star weekend, and that will showcase the talent. And in fact, it would also kind of give you a, 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 you know, a little bit more of that three-on-three overtime, which I love. Um Versus, you know, obviously the shootout and all that other stuff. But, you know, hockey, for instance, I think you can do that and make it more entertaining as opposed to uh, East versus West or this versus that. Because it's just, I don't know, it just it, it just doesn't, you know, don't get into the game. Same with the NBA. I mean, the dunk contest. I mean, how many times can you do the same type of dunk over and over again? That's kind of lost its luster. Same with the home run derby. There's some dr- drama to it. But, but really, there's, I mean, it's... 
you can only do it so many times with, you know, like, like I said, I mean, we grew up, we watched, uh, <laughs> you know, we watched the Mark McGuire home run derbies, the, the, the Barry, you know, that type uh-huh. of stuff. And it's like, to me, it's hard to top that again. That could just be me being a little bit older and just kind of get off my lawn. But I, to me, I, I, all these games are just boring to me and, and kind of just a waste of time. And, and the Pro Bowl is, is no different in my opinion. Well, I think that's what they've become. I think because of, and a lot of it is the nature of the way athletics is now and the way professional sports is, uh, you know, players are not going to, you know, go the extra mile when it comes to athletic contests like this. It's an exhibition. It's a glorified exhibition. And, you know, I mean, it's, I think to me, it's a lot less than exhibition as well. Yeah. And, and, and the reason for that is exhibition usually is to prepare for the season. They're preseason games. You want to put forth your best, you know, effort because you're either trying to, in some cases in football, you're trying to make the team or in some cases you know you're trying to work out injuries or come back or get your timing back in this it's a glorified exhibition for really nothing else on the line but just highlights and i think a lot of athletes are looking at this and saying i'm not going to risk the opportunity to get injured i'm not going to risk the chance uh to go out there and to you know hurt my team to you know satisfy for uh, uh, for one weekend and I, I can understand the argument mm-hmm. in that. Years ago, the All-Star game, I think, especially in baseball, was a yes. very big thing. These were big games. They looked forward to playing each other twice a year. There was not interleague play. So I think a lot of that came into play as well. I think the National League guys and the American great, League guys both point. had chips on their shoulders saying, all right, which one is going to be the better league here? We want to go out and put our best foot forward. I can remember Pete Rose balling over the catcher i think it was gary yes. carter or someone no, it wasn't gary carter right? it might have been terry kennedy or one of one of the catchers just plowing into him at the uh, at the um at the at home plate and you know you know you just don't see that anymore you, and you won't see that anymore but uh there was a time where these games got competitive even in the nba in the uh, uh in the 80s and these teams were so competitive isaiah thomas magic johnson yeah. larry bird i mean these guys looked forward to battling one another uh almost as like a precursor to say yeah See what I can do here. Wait till you see what I'm going to do to you in the finals. And I think there was a lot of that back and forth today. There's a little more camaraderie, I think less emphasis on it, and it's glorified more as an event than a game. Uh, so, yeah, I agree with you. I'm not as big a fan as I used to be. I used to like the All-Star Games when I was a kid. I used to look forward to watching them. I used to really enjoy seeing especially baseball's All-Star Game. That was like the the mid – they call it the Midsummer Classic, and it really was. It was kind of mm-hmm. like that midway point to the summer where you could really enjoy it. But uh, nowadays it just doesn't have the same feel. And the Pro Bowl never really did, to be honest. It, it never really did. That was never a game that was you know overly competitive. You mentioned the Sean Taylor moment. Yeah, that was probably the most competitive I've ever seen the Pro Bowl in my life, really. Mm-hmm. Well, actually, I just put up a, uh, uh, a question up on uh, FPC, or at FPC Radio Live on Twitter, just asking, basically, is there anything you like about the Pro Bowl or any other all-star game so if you have any thoughts on that please let us know we'd love to we'd love to discuss it and take in some other people's opinions because maybe, maybe we are maybe we're just we're just miserable <laughs> miserable new englanders who just have no, miserable no, old new Englanders. exactly yeah. like we, we we can't we can't bother ourselves with with wasting time on such a foolish event in our eyes and um again a, a lot of that has to do with the fact that um, you know, I, I think the NFL did do the Patriots a favor, though. Um, I, I think they saved them the trouble of a bunch of players calling in and saying they're not going to go to the Pro Bowl because they're going to be busy that week. Because, um, again, you know, uh, put aside the fact that I think this whole thing is a joke, but assume for a minute that I, I uh, the All-Star or the Pro Bowl was important and I actually took a lot into this. So 
from that point of view, this is how I'm going to react. Um, <laughs> the idea that Julian Edelman's not a pro bowler is just, it, it's, it's, yeah, ridiculous. it's ba- baffling to me. Um, the Patriots uh, in particular only had three, Matthew Slater, which is kind of a given. If you don't put him in the Pro Bowl, then um, then you're really not paying attention. Um, obviously, Dante Hightower was uh, one of the other ones. And, and again, Stefan Gilmore, I mean, if you, that's that's an absolute no-brainer. If he's, I mean, the, the Pro Bowl is a joke enough, but if I mean, if you miss any more than what you have already, then it's it's kind of it's kind of ridiculous. I mean, we have. Um, Look, and there, there's a lot of deserving ones. I'm not going to sit up here and say, oh, Tom Brady should have been in. And, like, no. I mean, it's the first time he's missed, quote-unquote, missed the Pro Bowl, i.e. not been voted in uh, since 2008, The you know, obviously the year that he uh, blew out his knee. Um, so, and look, Lamar Jackson, Patrick Mahomes, Sean Watson, three very deserving players to be given this honor. So uh, th- there's no there's no complaint there. But, um, look, Julian Edelman's been better than Tyreek Hill. Um, he should have been on there. Uh, it, it just, it, to me, it just, it, it just kind of speaks to, it, this is a, this is a popularity contest and it's, it's not so much, um, you know, this is the, this isn't the biggest issue. We'll talk about the NFC quarterbacks in a minute because that, that's even bigger than, you know, Julian Edelman not going in. But I mean, you sit there and you just list, or you talk about some of the, uh, the players that, that could have gone for the Patriots. I mean, Devin McCourty should have easily been in there. Um, I, I don't, I don't get the... I, I don't get the the uh, uh, I, I just I just don't get it. I mean I, I I mean I understand I do get it I do I mean it's all fan voting it's all that and like I said this is a whole bunch of nonsense and it's all about lobbying for votes and all that stuff and really who's going to go out of their way to vote for Devin McCourty outside of Patriots fans so um, yeah it's just like I said I mean I, I never expect the I never expect the Patriots to be in it um just because again whether they're in the super bowl or not i just don't expect them to show up uh because it's really a lot of them are just like all right we just need this week off we don't you know we just finished the season or we're about to play another game we're not going to go um one that did stuck is stick out to me though and this is something that's pretty uh pretty relevant was a first time pro bowler trent brown um big time left tackle out in oakland now and obviously the patriots i think uh have really missed him at times this year and i think he um you know I, th- I think he's been appreciated a little bit more now that he's gone than when he was actually here. But he was a right. he, he was a beast on that line, and he he's been doing well in Oakland despite obviously their um, struggles throughout the year. But uh, okay, so NFC quarterbacks because this this to me is just it's it's funny. Uh, Drew Brees, Aaron oh, Rodgers, we Russell knew this Wilson. Was coming. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, obviously, oh, I mean, I'm, 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 I, and it's and look again, I. I I feel I feel like I'm falling into this trap of becoming one of those those guys that uh, you know picks on certain things. This is not the first time this conversation. <laughs> yes, occurred. thank you. Yes, yes, thank you, Mr. Thank Commissioner. You, we appreciate you that. Always, we know that yes. you always have to remind yes. us. Where of is that. Roger, by the way? I know I, you he's know, not next to me. He's not next to you. How does he show up on our conversation? <laughs> yeah, he just he just pops in. He's always listening. Big brother, you know. We got to get a Where's attention. Roger chant. We got to get the you know the, the, the Where's Roger chant that we had at Gillette, yeah. uh, you know, earlier this year. And basically, every time there's an important game and he conveniently doesn't show up, <laughs> uh, we yeah we should uh, we should really get a Where's Roger chant every time we hear that. Yeah, well. That'd be good. I, yeah, I, I I like that, and and I I I do kind of miss those days of like his his very um, obvious and, and deliberate attempt to avoid Gillette Stadium and trying to pass it off as anything up but that. But um, you know, I, I I still would like to ask him about those 2015 PSI numbers. But you know, again, I, I might be losing faith. It's only been four years, so. Um, <laughs> but 
uh, look, Aaron Rodgers uh, over Dak Prescott over Kirk Cousins. Um, that's just that, to me. That's laughable. <laughs> that that's that's purely that's purely a reputation, um, and in, in in my opinion, a kind of unwarranted reputation. Because again, what what reputation has he had the last four or five years, other than, in my opinion, a, a underachieving has been great quarterback. I mean, he just hasn't been the same for the last three or four years. And this year has been, like, here's the thing. <laughs> Him and Tom Brady have had such similar statistical seasons, but only one of them is getting the treatment as if he's he's a shell of himself and someone who's uh, incapable of carrying a team. The other was in the MVP discussion even up to a few weeks ago. So, um because like, just go back and look at their stat lines from this past weekend, and, and then look at the reaction from the national media for the two quarterbacks, and you'll kind of see what I'm talking about. Um, so I, I do have a bit of an issue with that because again, it, it I've, Kirk Cousins should have been in there. Um, I don't have so much have an issue with obviously Drew Brees and Russell Wilson. I think that's perfectly legitimate, obviously. Um, but I think easily two quarterbacks right off the top of my head, Cousins and Dak Prescott, deserve to be in over Aaron Rodgers, and, and by quite a quite a margin. Well, and again, I think that you make some great points when it comes to that. Yeah, I agree. I do not believe Aaron Rodgers was a, a Pro Bowl caliber uh, quarterback this year. I don't believe he has been. I believe Cousins definitely deserved a nod, or Prescott deserved a nod. To me, Prescott is really, that's, I mean, I know Dallas has had their uh, their issues, but not a lot of that has been the fault of Dak Prescott. I mean, I don't think you can necessarily, you know, lay that all on his shoulders. I mean, he still ranks third among quarterbacks in completions. He's second in passing yards, fifth in total touchdowns touchdowns, fifth in yards per pass attempt. He's at or near the top of every advanced efficiency metric in the NFL. So, I mean, to to just throw away that type of season because of reputation, yeah, it's a little bit disheartening. I, I don't know why that, that happened. Look, bottom line, it's a popularity contest in a lot of, and uh, in, in a lot of reasons. And look, the reason why, you know, somebody like Brady is not, you know, put in is one, because I don't think Patriots fans stack the ballot box for him. And second, yeah, no one cares because he really, because he really doesn't deserve the nod this year, not over guys like Mahomes and, and, and Lamar mm-hmm. Jackson, obviously, and Deshaun Watson, they've had better statistical seasons. They've been better at what they do this year than what we've seen from Tom Brady. Now, a lot of his stats and a lot of the problems with the stat lines have been things that have been beyond Brady's control. So he can't really control that, and he can't really do that. It's not necessarily a sign of him being gone and and, and forgotten. It's just a matter of the fact that these guys have had better statistics, so I don't have a problem with that. But when I look over at the NFC, and you said that earlier, but with, uh, with regard to Brady, but with regard to the NFC, yeah, I look at this and I say, yeah, I think Prescott and I think Cousins were probably more worthy of a selection rather than Aaron Rodgers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and look, I mean, again, this is pointless because at the end of the day, the the, the Pro Bowl is is, is pointless. I mean, it, there's there's right. no two ways about it. That it, it has no bearing whatsoever on anything. And and to be honest, uh, if it's not to me, if it's not in Hawaii, you, you just don't have it. I mean, it, that that's to me the only. Uh, it's the only benefit to what this uh, game is. And I think it, it, it gives, um, unless you plan on playing more regular season and, and uh, playoff games or any sort of uh, extended series in Hawaii, this gives them a chance to have a, a yearly game. And it, it again, that kind of adds a little intrigue to it. And, and that's the only reason I think it, it yeah, it's it still does. around, but now it's like what in yeah. Orlando and uh, it's going to be in Orlando. Yeah. It's year. like, yeah. I, I mean, I, you know, 
I don't care. Like, yeah, I mean, if were, someone gave me yeah, free exactly. tickets, I wouldn't bother driving out there. Like, I mean, it's like an hour away from me, and I just, I, nah, I'm good. <laughs> I'll pass. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's true. I mean, you know, and not for anything, but I think the Hawaii intrigue also added to players liking or yeah. caring a little bit more about being selected. You know, I mean, who doesn't want a free <laughs> yeah, trip to exactly. Hawaii? You know, I mean, really, let's, you know, who doesn't want a, uh, uh, the opportunity to go out and, and hang around and, you know, and, and do that and in the most beautiful state in the union. And so, I mean, that's, I think, you know, it's, uh, it, yeah, it just, it's, it's lost its luster a lot, but, uh, you mentioned Julian Edelman and, and I, I have to soapbox here, folks. I'm sorry about <laughs> that. I, you know, having the opportunity to recover Julian in the last three years, there is not a tougher human being that I've seen on a football field, really. Um, I mean, the shots that he takes, the things that he has to endure and go through. I mean, for all the intents and purposes, people give Brady a lot of a lot of junk about being soft or anything like that. Tom Brady's tough as nails, folks. We, we've mm-hmm. seen that here in New England. Anybody that looks at it with, uh, with, a, uh, with an objective eye uh, knows that this guy is as tough as they come. I'd put Julian right up there, if not even ahead of him in terms of toughness. He really does grit out everything that's thrown at him, and he's played through a tremendous amount of injuries. Despite that injury, he is third in pass routes. He's second in targets, third in receptions, 13th in receiving yards, and has caught six touchdown passes despite seeing only seven end zone targets. That's 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 a great resume, and he's not as flashy as some of these big-name receivers, which is one of the reasons why I think a guy like Hill got it over him. Mm-hmm. You know, you see the flash, the pomp and circumstance. He's very good at selling himself, and, you know, he's he's very, very good at being able to, uh, to show, like, all the flash that he's got. Julian is not like that, but he does do his job, and he does it well. I believe he mm-hmm. definitely should have been Pro Bowl bound, and, and I think I, I really think this one hurt more than anything, uh, you know, for obvious reasons, for personal reasons, but for all also professional reasons as well because he deserved that not he should have been a pro bowler it to me it's absolutely egregious that he's never been selected to one in his career yeah again and and this is playing the game and and just kind of going along with the fact that the pro bowl is you know at the end of the day it's it's a nice thing to have on your resume because when you can say 12 time or 13 time or multi-time pro bowler on top of this that and the other you know it's nice it's a it's a good thing to have and it's it certainly uh it, it bodes well for you know post-career accolades whether it's the hall of fame or or just you know how you're remembered i mean good point that, that becomes yep. an issue i mean it's so, it's so pointless at the time but you know again it, it, it matures well it's like a nice fine wine those those pro bowl selections um so, again, if you, if you want to chime in, feel free. If you're uh, watching us on Sportscaster or on Twitter or whatever, uh, feel free to message us. I mean, I did uh, put up that post on at FPC Radio Live. Uh, just give us your thoughts if you have any sort of strong opinions on the Pro Bowl or any sort of all-star game or anything like that. I mean, they're, they're all kind of one and the same, so they all have similar complaints. But um, I, I did want to go back, and, and I, I we, we kind of talked about this uh, a little bit yesterday because, obviously, we you know, we spent a good amount of time talking about Drew Brees and everything like that and I, I've been very fascinated with watching and not just like the you know the, the random egg accounts come out with their list but you know uh, uh, people that I, I, I think have a, a reasonable take on, on where they place quarterbacks you know in the all-time um, rankings you know as, as, if you will again the, for the most part it's pretty uh, you know it's subjective but you know, I think there there's there's a reasonable grouping of quarterbacks that I I think you can put together to, to formulate the top ten or top fifteen or whatever, and and you can get a little bit more credibility than others. But I've been very interested to see 
how and where Drew Brees has been placed among those. And and my, my gut coming into, uh, if, if I were to be put on the spot yesterday, and I, I think I might have even mentioned this yesterday, so I, I apologize if I did bring this up, but I probably would have him 7 to 10 range. Um, I mean, I've seen people put him uh, in the top five. And I'm not saying I, I disagree. I'm actually kind of intrigued with this because it's made me think a little bit more. It's like, you know, may, maybe I do have to reevaluate um, his career because I've, I've always kind of just um, accepted, you know, accepted the fact that he's a he's an incredibly great quarterback who's, who's one of the best of this generation. But I've always just kind of, yeah, you know, he's the third best behind Peyton and, and, and Tom in this era. And, and I still believe that. But um Maybe that's that's jaded my overall opinion of him because I've seen a lot of people and, and some fairly credible people and 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 by that I don't mean Chris Sims um, come out with their list and have him closer to the top five. So um, I'm gonna put you on the spot a little bit and and I I, I want to know because I I think this is the best way to do it because it really kind of gets your gets your brain thinking. Where do you put him in this in this top quarterbacks ranking? And again, it, it's subjective, but um, I'd like to. Uh, I'd like to know your opinion. It's that's it. It's definitely tough to say. I mean, you know, you look at the great quarterbacks that have played the game, and you know, I mean, you take a look at a guy like Montana. You take a look at a you know guy, even going back as far as like a guy like Johnny Unitas, which a lot of people forget how good he was during mm-hmm. his era and how well he played the game. Roger Staubach, Bart Starr. There've been a lot of great quarterbacks that have preceded this era, even the '80s era. There are a lot of great quarterbacks that go back to the early days of the NFL. So when you're talking all-time rankings. It's tough for me to put Drew Brees ahead of some of those guys. I grew up watching guys like John Elway, Dan Marino, Joe Montana. These were phenomenally prolific quarterbacks, all different styles, all different capabilities, but these guys knew how to win. Obviously, Marino is lacking that that uh, Super Bowl title on his resume. That does hurt him, and it does hurt him in the rankings, which, you know, for people that, you know, want to whine about wins not being a quarterback stat, well, you know, just take a look at that. That'll that'll tell look you. Look at the top ten quarterback wins in the regular season and tell me there's a single bad quarterback among those top ten. Exactly. And then, so again, exactly. like you know, you know, you can sit here and pick apart wins uh, week to week here and there, but over the course of an entire career, um, you you don't just accidentally win a bunch of games. So go ahead. Sorry, yeah, I just, I absolutely. Oh no, 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 that's <laughs> fine. No, I'm glad that you said that. That was a dynamite drop in, man. Dynamite. That broadcast school was really working out for you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> in any no, in any case, I'm not. I'm not knocking in, folks. That's a line from Major League. I'm sure you guys know that. But uh, in any case. Um, with Breeze, I would definitely, without any hesitation, not bat an eyelash, putting him top 10 of all time. I think he definitely deserves that. I think he's in there, and I think you have to. But when it comes to that top five, it's difficult for me to say that he absolutely deserves that spot. Now, that's not to say that he doesn't. I am sort of in the same league right now with you. I'm trying to really evaluate where, in fact, he ranks in the in the all-time echelon when i really take a look at what he's done throughout his career and examine his stats he may be a top five quarterback in my opinion but right now i still have you know montana i still have manning i have brady guys like that that you know are at the top of they, they generally are considered the holy trinity of quarterbacks now when you take a look at rankings it's usually brady montana and manning in some way shape or form some combination or permutation that puts them one two or three depending on how you're ranking them uh but then after that there's a little bit of a drop off and does breeze in you know deserve that spot in the number four or the number five 
his touchdown passing and his touchdown passing yards and his touchdown, you know, totals are there, regular mm-hmm. season totals, they're there. But, you know, when you take a look at the entire package, sometimes there are other factors that have to be considered, not just individual stats. So, you know, it's, it is tough for me to say, but uh, without question, I believe he's top 10. I don't, I don't even bat an mm-hmm. eyelash with that, but top five is a tough argument. It really is. Yeah. Cause you know, look, personally, you know, I would say, uh, Brady, Montana, Manning, um, I'd put Unitas and, and look, I'll preface this with it, it's, it's purely based on, on whatever I, whatever information and whatever I can see from my eyes. And a lot of what people have told me about Johnny Unitas, obviously I was not alive to watch him play. So, yeah, neither again, was I, I know so, I'm old folks, but I'm not quite that old, yet. but, <laughs> but again, you can, you can. You, you can put together a reasonable uh, conclusion. You can come to a reasonable conclusion based on some of the information you have. So right there, that's top four. And then when you're talking about five, six, seven, um, I'm talking Brett Favre. Um, I'm not as high on John Elway as some people are, but I would certainly probably put him six or seven. And then look, a guy that gets so horribly underrated and never talked about is Steve Young. Like, right. I mean, people uh, are, are talking about talking about, uh, you know, Aaron Rodgers is this like Aaron, uh, Steve Young was Aaron Rodgers before Aaron Rodgers. And Steve Young was better at being Aaron Rodgers than Aaron Rodgers. And and to me, I, I feel like he just gets overlooked so often. And I feel like he could be thrown into that mix. And then you talk about the Starbucks and and whatnot. And, you know, I do think I definitely think he is. I, I still again, my gut tells me that he's in that that back third of, of the top 10. And, and, and to me, I think that's a reasonable ranking and, and maybe over time, maybe another Super Bowl or depending on how the next year or so goes, maybe he can move up a little bit and kind of surpass some of these guys like, like a Steve Young. But um, the bottom line is uh, it, any list that includes Aaron Rodgers in the top ten is just laughable. So, and if anything, I've 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 convinced myself uh, just by going through some of these names so far, just that it it would just be impossible for me to put him in that. Um, again, the the idea that that Breeze has been able to do what he has done. Now, again, that's not to say that. Uh, he can't be surpassed, and and you know maybe in a year from now, maybe once the 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 uh, excitement of everything that's happening has worn off a little bit, we can put it in a little bit better perspective. But I do want to bring up, and this is somewhat related because uh, we were talking about this yesterday when it comes to the total touchdown mark, and I was really happy to hear this because um, I, I do li- I do like to listen to NFL Network Radio on uh, Sirius XM, and and trust me, I'm not getting paid for that. Um, I wish I was, but I'm not. I'm just you know. To, trying to trying to preface what I what I was listening and uh, Brady Quinn obviously we know former Notre Dame uh, quarterback and one of the many many quarterbacks that have come and gone for the Browns uh, he kind of was talking along the same lines as what we were yesterday and it's like he was like you know what the the, the record's nice but you know don't sit here and try to tell me it's this this huge thing because like Tom Brady has six hundred and nine touchdowns and and so on and so forth so he was kind of the same uh, mindset we were when it comes to great, you know, um, it, it was a nice record. Uh, you probably wouldn't run around parading yourself around in a, in a kind of big, big, big show, you know, to commemorate that. And, uh, you know, at the end of the day, it's, it's, you know, you can sit here and say most touchdowns of all time, all you want, but you know, in reality, it's, it's just not true. And, and, and Brady is, is far and away, uh, tops in that category. So I, w- I was actually, it was refreshing to hear that. And again, this has nothing to, you know, doesn't, 
I don't intend to take anything away from Drew Brees, just kind of think putting things in perspective. And uh, again, this this whole conversation, I think, kind of shows how much we respect Drew Brees and where we put him in the echelon of, of, of the greatest quarterbacks that have ever played this game, especially for a quarterback that's only been to one Super Bowl. And both of us hold... Um, the the winning aspect of this to to very high regard. I mean, you can't you can't be the greatest at your position without winning, um, without uh, success and championships and stuff like that. It's just I'm I'm sorry. Yeah, you, you can you can scream team accomplishment all you want, but uh, at, at the quarterback position, you cannot be the greatest uh, without. Um, again, the standard gets set by whoever is the greatest at the time, and right now Brady's set an, a near impossible standard. Um, to, to hit so again success needs to happen and even though Breeze has only been to one Super Bowl only won one um I think his success outside of the playoffs has also warranted where he he falls in this uh overall list so um we'll see we'll see how it changes over time because again we we know how people like to react uh and live in the moment so maybe maybe the luster will wear off especially if at the end of the year i.e in two weeks from now Brady has that record and he doesn't so which is which is which is incredibly. Uh, uh, I'm not going to say likely, but at least a reasonable uh, thing to uh, happen over the course of the next two weeks. Yeah, it's definitely possible. There's no question about it. He has the ability to be able to be the the number one uh, you know passing quarterback of all time within the next two weeks. You're playing Buffalo stingy dif- defense mm-hmm. this week against New England. Yes. You know, it's not you know it's not like he's going to be matched up against the Cincinnati Bengals and you know at home or anything. And you know Tom Brady could go off a little bit and or start throwing some touchdown passes. <clears throat> Oh or yeah, the Colts and a dome. <laughs> Sorry, my uh, bo- yeah, I lost my voice. No, 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 there. that's all right. No, 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 that's okay. That's okay. We uh, we we picked that up on the mic, and I think it was actually uh, good that we picked that up. But anyway, good, good, good. Uh, getting back to uh, what we were saying, uh, um, what were we saying? Were we, was it, what's, was, are we on the air? I mean, what's what's going <laughs> yeah. on? Yeah, no, oh kidding. no, I actually oh, I never pressed the button. So swear oh, away. Damn and... it! Damn it! That <laughs> damn button! It just uh, it's it's crazy. It Push the button. But no, I mean, when you look at the echelon and you look at what the rankings are when it comes to guys like Brady and Breeze and then some of the modern quarterbacks that we've had the chance to really not just watch as fans, but even cover, uh, you know, in uh, over the course of the last few years, it's, it's been a, uh, a great ride watching some of these guys play and look, no one's taken away from Drew Brees. I think he's, he's done a tremendous job in his career. I think there've been so many circumstances surrounding his career too, where he's been, the subject of things that have been beyond his control, uh, not really the subject, but I guess he's really been affected by things beyond his control. And he still managed to be able mm-hmm. to come through it and come through it with class and, and do it with dignity and, and a lot of skill. So you have to tip your cap to someone like that. And it's, it's a great, it's a great accomplishment. Um, I, I agree with you. There needs to be a little bit of a brake pumping when it comes to stats like this, because it's such a big part of, you know, there's so much that goes into ranking all-time athletes and all-time, you know, I mean, it amazes me that, and this is in no way, and I'm not comparing the two folks by any stretch of the imagination. I will sit there and say right now, without any question, the greatest athlete that I've had a chance to watch live as, as a, as, as a, you know, human being alive on this earth will be, and oh, we probably always will be Michael Jordan. I mean, uh, I, I, I thought just, you were going to say Michael Rich Jordan. Carsis. <laughs> oh well, that well, you know everybody loves some El Guapo up here in New yeah. England. We got we got to love that. Garces was uh, he was he was he was a physical specimen, folks. And uh, Google Rich, you'll you'll find yeah. out. But no, Garces <laughs> was he, and, you know. And, 
and he was he was a great guy too. I mean, he was just he was such a fan favorite up here in New England. But Michael Jordan to mm-hmm. me is still that gold standard of athletes that just you know to me will never be equaled. One of the things that you hear Jordan praised for so often, and rightfully so, is six NBA championships. Mm-hmm. You know, well, basketball is an, is the ultimate team sport as well. I mean, I know that you know individual players can affect games and whatnot, but when you play quarterback in the NFL, you're affecting the outcome mm-hmm. of the game. You're not riding the coattails of a defense. You're not doing anything else. Yeah, maybe you can squeak out one. You can squeak out a, even a, a good season as a result of that. But sustained excellence over a long period of time is not something you can just throw away. I don't care if it doesn't meet your narrative and you just want to go ahead and start pounding your chest about wins not being a quarterback stat. It, to me, it just it doesn't hold water. It's a weak you know, ridiculous argument. Ian and I have been on soapboxes several <laughs> times about this. You know our feelings on it, but again, I think that has to factor in here. And when you took, when you mentioned that Breeze has only been to one Super Bowl, it does kind of open your eyes a little bit. And you sit there and you say, "Well, okay, yes, the st- the statistics are great, they're excellent, but what do those statistics translate to? Does it translate to?" team success and winning Mm -hmm. if it doesn't and you're not making your team better around you then you know what good are some of the individual statistics so in my opinion i I think that has to be a factor and that may be one of the reasons why i'm so hesitant to put breeze in that four or five slot as the greatest quarterbacks of all time like i said admittedly i need to uh, really do a deeper dive into drew's career all time after doing that, I may feel differently, but right now it's it's tough for me to justify it. Yeah, and again, I mean, if if he goes out and wins a Super Bowl this year, that changes. Um, you know, he doesn't have any MVPs, and again, you know, you can sit there and argue and say that's not in his control, but um, and maybe it was a little unlucky because he just happened to spend his entire uh, career uh, in the shadows of guys like Brady and Manning, who again, like I said, are, are two two of my top three quarterbacks I've ever you know that I I believe have ever played the game. Um, right. So that's and, and that's certainly not something to um, you know frown on. It's not like oh, True Breeze never won. No, he he was certainly good enough to win MVPs. But and, and you can argue that two thousand nine, he he might have probably deserved that MVP over Peyton Manning, but. At the at at the end of the day, I mean, he the fact of the matter is he doesn't. Peyton has five. Brady has three. He has four Super Bowl MVPs. So, um, those those are big deals. And you can argue team team accomplishment all you want. Um, people are obviously giving Drew Brees credit because he has quote unquote more stats. Well, he's thrown two more touchdown passes than Tom Brady in his career. Um, he's maybe fifteen hundred yards pa- surpassed him. No one ever brings up the interception totals because. You know, Breeze throws interceptions at uh, a 2.3% clip as opposed to Brady's 1.6%, which, yeah, you might sit there and say, how is that? No, that's a, that, that's a, that's a fairly significant difference, especially when you go back and, and look at some of those seven and nine seasons and see the turnover total from Drew Breeze. And, you know, at the end, again, you, you, I've heard other people say it too. You look at the circumstances, especially on offense for Drew Breeze this year. It might be the perfect situation. You have Mike Thomas, who's just an absolute just arguably the best receiver in the game right now. I think you can make a case for that. Um, You have Alvin Kamara, you have Jared Cook. I mean, maybe Julian Edelman is what? The third best target on that team if he were to switch? Maybe the second? Maybe? 
So, you know, you look at the yeah. circumstances and then then you factor in the fact that you play in a dome at least nine times a year. Um, obviously, you play Atlanta on the road every year. So that's that's another dome. So that's nine out of your 17 or out of your 16 games in a, a climate controlled dome. And if you look at his career splits, his numbers do drop drop a fairly significant amount versus inside and outside. So I and whether you think that's fair or not, that has to be taken into account now. I mean, yes, I guess he did choose to play in a dome technically because he did choose the the New Orleans Saints. However, um, you know, it, it, it that's clearly something that's not necessarily in his control because you know he didn't decide to put a dome in New Orleans. It just happened that they have a dome. But um, he's certainly taken advantage of it. And and look, I'm not knocking him for it. But if we're having a discussion about top tier quarterbacks, that's certainly going to come in to play, especially when, you know, everyone's trying to compare themselves to what I consider the gold standard. And that's a guy who, who's played his entire career of about 230 some odd games outside in the elements. So, um, so yeah, so it's, it's an interesting discussion that I think is going to be pretty fluid, um, at least for the next couple of years as he, uh, continues to play, or at least, uh, continues to play well. And then we'll see what happens. I mean, again, if he goes to the Super Bowl and wins, that changes things quite a bit. So we will see, we will see. However, with two weeks left, we do have, uh, <clears throat> several more, uh, uh, playoff clinching scenarios, uh, this weekend, um, in the AFC, four teams have already clinched the Ravens, Chiefs, Bills, and Patriots. Uh, both the Bills and the Patriots have uh, just clinched the playoff berth. They played this weekend essentially for the AFC East. So uh, we will have a division winner by uh, the end of Saturday afternoon. The Ravens and Chiefs have uh, clinched the AFC North and AFC West, respectively, and um the Baltimore Ravens can win uh, or, or clinch a, a first round by with a win and a uh, Kansas City loss or a New England loss. So, um, which again, I think I I think at the end of the day they're going to end up having the number one seed. It, it, it's they would have to lose the next two games and and a lot of other situations would have to kind of play out for them not to have that number one seed. Um, New England, obviously, with a win, will clinch the AFC East, which, which again, it's not going to be easy, but I think it's going to happen. And it also further uh, cements their chance to get that top two seed, because if they win and Kansas City loses, they clinch uh, a first round bye. Um, again, I think it's just a formality at this point. A lot of things would have to go wrong for the Patriots for them to lose that um, first round bye. Uh, the Texans can win the AFC South with a win and a uh, Tennessee tie or loss. So um, obviously they meet in week 17. So if, if everything stays the same, the division's going to come down to one game at the, at the very last week of the year, which that's awesome. I love that. I, I love how they've started to, to set up divisional matchups at the end of the year because more often than not, we're getting some sort of uh, playoff implications with it, and, and, and that's exciting to me. So in the NFC, the crazy, crazy NFC that that's, you know, the seeding is is nowhere close to being determined. Uh, New Orleans, Green Bay, San Francisco, and Seattle have all clinched playoff berths. The Saints are the only one to have clinched the division so far, and they clinched the NFC South. Uh, the Packers, uh, 49ers, and Seahawks obviously have a chance to do that. Packers can clinch the division with a win against my or Minnesota on Monday. Obviously, that's another huge matchup, late season matchup to determine a division. We got about three of those this weekend. To be honest, because you yeah, think, we do. Think, think about the Patriots and Bills, that's another one. Um, obviously, Green Bay, uh, Dallas, and, and Philadelphia. I mean, yeah, they're they're 
what six and seven or seven and seven, but you know they're 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 still a division at hand, and they play this weekend. So Dallas wins with a uh, wins the division with a win. Uh, obviously, Philadelphia would still need some help in order to win that division if they even if they win. So, um, so yeah, so oh yeah, and Minnesota obviously they clinch a <clears throat> playoff berth with a uh, with a win against the Packers. So. Um, a lot, a lot of crazy stuff going on. Um, I know, uh, we, we talk about the NFC a lot because again, each and every week that the, the entire seating gets turned, you know, upside down because you have San Francisco losing unexpectedly. Um, they, they're dropping out of the, the first round by, uh, who, who do you think is ultimately going to get these top two NFC spots just out of your gut? Who do you think is it's just guess, throw a guess out there. Ooh. Oh, that's, you know, it's, I mean, my gut right now, if you tell me just gut reaction, uh, I would say San Francisco and New Orleans, uh, that those to me are the two teams right now that would end up getting it. But you know, you never really know for sure. And I think it's so, you know, interesting to me that, uh, you know, the Seahawks are definitely hanging around. They have a, a really good inside track to be able to get one of those seeds. But I just think in terms of consistency and in terms of balance on both sides of the ball, I think those are the two best teams in the conference, but ultimately we'll see how it shakes out. That, that's my guess, but like I said, that's that's a guess at this point. Uh, no one knows what's going to happen in the NFC. It really is up and down, and there are a number of different teams that could end up, uh, uh, you know, winning and, and getting, uh, you know, high seating in that uh, that conference. So, yeah, we'll uh, we'll keep a sharp eye as we always do. But uh, it'll be interesting to see how this all uh, shakes out. Um, obviously, Green Bay is in. You know, Green Bay is a team that I don't think a lot of people talk about when it comes to this conference. A lot you hear a lot about the Seahawks. You hear a lot about the mm-hmm. Saints. You hear a lot about the 49ers. Packers are kind of laying in the wings right now, but they have. A tremendous record they right now control the number two seed so if all plays out the way it is right now and nothing changes they're going to get the first round by and you know it would be i think a surprise to a lot of people but the packers are one of those like scary good teams that may not get a whole lot of you know uh legs in terms of which teams can actually make it to the super bowl they have the talent to be able to do it i still think there are other teams in the conference that are more talented but ultimately it depends on how well you're playing into the postseason and if they can get hot that's a team that can string together some wins so keep an eye on green bay too folks this is flash forward to mike next week talking about the packers i was wrong <laughs> you i i and i i will i i'm gonna disagree with you because i think the vikings are actually a better team in that division and i think the packers are kind of just they're flying under the radar for a reason and that's because i don't think they're maybe the fifth best team uh ahead of philly or dallas whoever comes in out of that you know that part of the division i i just i don't know i just i, I just don't buy into the packers i don't think that their defense is 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 that good and i think their offense is what it is and it's it's you know, it's it's fairly bland, and it's basically all uh, all run through Aaron Jones and not Aaron Rodgers. So, you know, if you can slow down the run, and, and trust me, it's hard to do against Aaron Jones. He's a hell of a player. Um, you you can you can take control of that game pretty easily. So, I I, I think I think the uh, the Packers, and I this might sound a little harsh, but are closer to frauds than actual um, cont- huge contenders, in my opinion. I actually think they're probably going to lose Monday night to Minnesota, and that will. Uh, you know, I think open the eyes to some people because I think again, I they're, they're flying under the radar for a reason, and and to me it's because I I just don't think they're good, they're as good as those other teams, and my gut tells me ultimately it's going to be San Francisco and New Orleans as those top two seeds. So, 
despite a bad loss for San Francisco this past weekend, I still believe a lot in what they're doing and how good that defense is. And I, I do believe uh, Jimmy Garoppolo is capable of, of winning some games for this team. We've seen it before, and we've seen him, um, you know, really, really excel at times and in high-pressure situ- situations. So um, he's just got to clean up the turnovers. And if he can do that, then I, I think the San Francisco team is going to be in good shape to get that um, get that by. So, But we'll see. I mean, again, this it, it could end up being Minnesota and Seattle for all we know. <laughs> you know what I mean? And that's how crazy the NFC is. Exactly. Right now, so. And there is definitely a possibility when it comes to that. So it will be interesting. I, for one, I'm really looking forward to this weekend slate. I think it's going to be huge. I think you're going to learn a lot about teams. Uh, you know, New England and Buffalo. I mean, yeah. you know, let's let's really, you know, I I know we talk a lot about the New England Patriots on the show and everybody rolls their eyes, but this is a big, there's a lot of playoff implications for this one as well, not only from the New England standpoint, but from a Buffalo standpoint. And that's a team that's for real, folks. Believe me, I've been doing my recon on them all week. They're playing much better offensively. They've got a very good defense, top, top three defense in the league. So, you know, you can't just dismiss a team like that in terms of being able to win not only this weekend against New England, but deep into the playoffs. I don't think they're really scared of too many teams. Nope. They went toe-to-toe with the Baltimore Ravens, had several opportunities mm-hmm. to win that game. Obviously, the Ravens did come out with the win. Credit them. I'm not, you know, taking it away from them. But the Buffalo Bills proved that they can hang with them. This team gets hot at the right time. They could be very dangerous in the AFC. Oh, absolutely. And and, and that's the thing. It's like, do we retroactively go back and give the Patriots credit for a quality win early in the season when they beat the Bills? Because, um, you know, everyone would say, oh, it's the Buffalo Bills. It's the Buffalo Bills. Well, they, again, like you said, they're, they're one of the best defenses in the league, and I, it's not a fluke. Um, are they limited at quarterback? Yeah, at times. But, you know, talk, talk about a Pro Bowl snubs. Uh, Buffalo gets just one, and and, and more than well-deserved, Tredavious White is a hell of a cornerback, but they only got one selection to the Pro Bowl, and that, again, kind of speaks volumes as to what the Pro Bowl actually is. I mean, yeah. I, I, I'm like, I'm, I'm getting sick to my stomach sitting here praising Buffalo right now. you got to understand how much this pains me to sit here and heap praise on a AFC East team that's, that's obviously very uh, close in, in the divisional standings, but I just, I love, do I think Sean McDermott complains a little bit? Yeah, I, I think he's got to kind of pump the brakes a little bit on that and realize that he's not, uh, you know, one of the best coaches in the league yet. Um, you got to, you got to kind of know your place and kind of just go and, and do your job type of thing. But um, I, I love what this team does. I love how they play defense. Um, the offense is a work in progress uh, when they played the Patriots early in their season. And this is something that kind of, I feel got overlooked at the time, but is obviously very, you know, very much at the forefront now, but th- they gashed him in the run game. And this is something that concerns Patriots fans moving forward because or, or the Patriots in general, because that's been their weakness, not just the last few weeks. You know, this is definitely it's not like and here's the thing. It's not like, oh, these teams expose the Patriots. No, we've we've always known this run defense wasn't as good as the past defense. I mean, the past defense is clearly the, the, the you know, the strength of this Patriots defense. And and the run defense isn't terrible, but um, there was a pattern very early on. We saw Josh Allen kind of pick up a lot of chunk yards. Frank Gore ran wild at times against the Patriots. So, um, and, and again... 109 yards on the ground yep. through, uh, for Frank Gore. A lot, a lot um, of big gains, too. A lot of, yeah. like, just... Wide Definitely. open a lot of run. chunk yardage yep. that was that was given up by the Patriots. Now, one thing I will say about the Pats defense, their front seven much more stingy at stopping the yes. run as of late. Uh, Lawrence Guy has stepped up huge. He's been amazing this season. And if you talk about second half, 
uh, you know, Pro Bowl selections. I'm not saying he deserved one for the entire year, but if you talk about just the second half of the season right now, Lawrence Guy is a guy that you really mm. need to look at and say, you now, know what, here's this may a guy. be one of the... No, here's a guy. Yeah, no, okay. No, 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 no. Okay. Well, let's, let's not go. Yeah, let's let's not yeah, we should. We really should. No, you know what? We we, we hear enough of it. So, no, yeah, we don't yeah. Need to we, don't, we don't we don't need um, to forcefully give us any more Chris Collinsworth. That's that's yeah, we're good with that. Exactly. I think I think we're good. I think we're self torture But not in any case, I want to Yeah, <laughs> definitely. But um, but Lawrence Guy to me is is someone that uh, that deserves a lot of credit on that. Adam Butler's been great. Danny Shelton as the nose tackle position has grown by leaps and bounds from what we saw from him last year. He's been tremendous in this offense in this defense as well. So if they're going to look to contain the Buffalo Bills this weekend, they're going to need to have a very good game from their front seven. Dare I say they may even have to play a little bit of that hybrid four three that they might not be that comfortable in playing, but. In order to be able to stop the run, especially a mobile quarterback like Josh Allen, who can beat you with his arm, he can beat you with his legs, that may be the best way to attack this Buffalo Bills team. So look for that a little bit this weekend. Uh, But ultimately, this is going to be a great game between two great defenses. It's going to be who can put points up on the board and, and who can get to the opposing defense just enough to be able to put enough points up to win it. Yeah, and, and again, this is, this just speaks to what what great uh, we have several great matchups this weekend. We're we're really going to dive into this stuff uh, tomorrow. Again, there's no Thursday night game. We have three Saturday games, including the um, the Texans and the Bucks, the Patriots and the Bills. And um, I believe I have it right here in front of me, just to, just to make sure I got the game right. We got the San Francisco 49ers and the LA Rams. So um, it's going to be a great Saturday of football, and we will uh, we will start really diving into these games tomorrow. We're going to spend a significant amount of time tomorrow and friday going through these because again there, there's so many games that that have so many different implications um you know to, to, for the postseason which starts in just three weeks uh which again is is pretty incredible in my eye so um we do just have uh just just a little bit of time left so we're gonna wrap it up here because uh you know again we don't want to jump into any new topic uh with just a few minutes left tomorrow we will give our power rankings we'll start the show off that way that way we can get them out of the way and then we're gonna dive into some of these saturday games because there's a lot to digest there's a lot to go over and um we're, we're going to make some picks and make some bold predictions because, again, this, this, this is going to be fun. So, Mike, I – yes, that's right. Yes. Damn, it feels good. That's right. That's how I feel right Damn, now. Damn, it feels it good to, to be a gangster. You know what? I, I, you know, I, might, I might have to start doing my closeouts that way. So, you know, maybe play that in the background. So, maybe we'll, we'll try that out right now. So, folks. Once again, thank you very much for joining us for yet another Wednesday edition of FPT Radio Live. Stay tuned to Full Press Radio as we have Snowman in the Morning coming up here at 9 a.m. Uh, to noon. So tune in, listen, listen on Full Press Radio. Follow us on Twitter. It's at FPC Radio Live. I am at IGLEN31. He is at M-D-A-B-A-T-E-F-P-C. I'm getting into the music, Mike. I love it. You know, damn, it feels good, man. But uh, follow him on Twitter. Follow us on Twitter. Uh, we love to interact. Download the podcast. If you missed the show, if you tune in late, if you just want to listen to us again, uh, head to Apple, Google, Stitcher, Spotify, all those great platforms. Search FPC Radio Live. Go to fullpresscoverage.com slash radio and get all that information. You, we have all of our podcasts, broadcast schedule, everything like that. So, folks, thank you once again for tuning in. We will be back bright and early, 8 a.m. tomorrow. We are going to break down these Week 16 games. So, folks, have a great day, and we will talk later.